So we've been talking about this uh, important topic, codependency, and it's so confusing. Even if you're listening, maybe you're a first-time listener, you're thinking, what is codependency? It can be one of the trickiest topics that we can learn in our recovery process, but it's one of the most important ones, and I think many more of us struggle with it more than we realize as we're talking about this, I wanted to bring in a life change story, some put some skin on this topic, and what does it look like in another follower, believer in Jesus Christ's life, and what did it look like to find recovery? Today, we're talking about codependency. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official. This is a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom, all centered around the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and the Celebrate Recovery Principles, where Jesus comes alongside us in this journey we call recovery to help us face those nasty hurts and hang-ups, maybe the lies we believe about ourselves, God and others, and even our circumstances and broken relationships, so that we can walk in the newness of life as He intended as He died for us on the cross. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the global field director with Celebrate Recovery. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad to be back. I took a little bit of a break and it's good to be back. I'm rested and charged up and ready to have this great conversation. Uh, have, I'm excited about today's topic. Uh, as I mentioned, the codependency. I did a codependency talk. You could probably go back about five podcasts, maybe, maybe six uh, to listen to that. If you want to go back and listen to that, that might give you some context. But but I've got a guest here that uh, I met at the summit, and, and she's agreed to come on and talk about codependency in her life, just to help give us a little bit uh, better understanding around this topic. So Tiffany, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, introduce yourself as you would in recovery, and we'll jump into a conversation. Great. Um, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery for codependency, busyness, and negative self-talk, and my name is Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. So we could probably spend a long time talking about the full story coming up to this point, but a lot of times, as I mentioned on the podcast on codependency, is a lot of times pain and a problem can be presented that can uh, cause codependency to kind of uh, rear its ugly head and become present in our life. But why don't we start uh, jumping into this conversation, Tiffany? What what was the presenting big problem? And as much as we can, we'll kind of connect the dots back to your story. But what was the big problem or pain point in Tiffany's life that kind of presented, uh, and we'll talk about codependency in a minute, but the problem and the pain that presented in your life that ultimately got you to the point of realizing you had some codependency struggles? Well, um, I remember I couldn't wait to become a mom. Um, I've been a Christian my whole life, thought I would do a wonderful job raising Christian children, um, tried to be perfect in everything I did um, with the kids involved in so many activities, taking carloads of kids to church. Um, but when my older son, about um, junior year, really started rebelling in more, I guess, frightening ways than I had expected, I realized maybe maybe things are a little bit harder. I'm not going to be able to fix this, even though I thought I had done a great job raising him in a Christian home. Hmm. Yeah, and so he he kind of he kind of found himself in some spaces where 
gotten into some trouble and some addictions of his own. Tell us a little bit about that, as much as you feel comfortable kind of taking us into that. What was happening uh, in your family's life at that time? Well, it started as the typical rebellious behaviors you would expect, you know, from a teenager testing the waters, going to parties, um, drinking, um, you know, smoking. I think back then it was hookah was what the kids were doing. Mm. Um, but when it had escalated to us finding out that he was smoking weed after we had done so many things to get him counseling, to ground him, to, you know, all kinds of things um, that we tried to get him desperately to change, um, we met with our pastors and came to the decision that we needed to remove him from our home, that the fighting had gone on too long. It wasn't fair to the younger kids. And we made the decision um, just three months before he turned 18, it was during his senior year of high school, that we would send him away to a Christian boarding school for troubled teens. Uh, it was 10 hours away. It was heartbreaking. We had to hire a transport company to pick him up in the middle of the night and take him. Mm-hmm. Um, he had no idea what was happening, but we were desperate um, because he was going to be turning an adult in just a few months. Wow. So this is this is fascinating. I appreciate your vulnerability. That's what I love about Celebrate Recovery, just the vulnerability, transparency, and honesty. But so I would imagine that that was a pretty, I mean, we don't even have a glimpse in the full uh, respect of, of the pain that you're carrying in there. I mean, this is your son and, and kind of a desperate place. I'm guessing, uh, that you're walking through kind of feeling a little bit helpless, hopeless. So what was, what was coming up for you in that space as you're facing that situation? Well, I would say in the midst of it being a very painful situation, um, we had a lot of um, prayer. Our pastors were praying for us. And the night that they took him, um, my husband and I had to leave the house while the three gentlemen that showed up, you know, told him, hey, come with us. Um, I remember driving to a parking lot at the McDonald's waiting until we got the all clear that we could come back and he was gone. Mm-hmm. And just having a peace, it was amazing. Just a peace was over, was just resting on us. And I was very hopeful that this decision was going to be the thing that changed him, but unfortunately it wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times in a family system, we kind of have the patient, right? And your son kind of fits that, that criteria. And then you have the rest of the family system. And, And sometimes we don't realize the effect, the ripple effect on the rest of the family system. But I remember you, you talking about him coming into this place and God began to do a work in his life. Um, but kind of getting to that point when I know you told me about him taking a test and, and just the revelation and and maybe you had something else you wanted to share before that, but I'd love to kind of get to that. What was the test? And, and, uh, it seemed like it was kind of a revelation, maybe unwanted revelation, aha moment for you. Tell me about that test that you were talking about. Well, yeah. So, so before the test happened, um, my son actually left the boarding school um, on his own accord as an adult um, three weeks after he turned 18, uh, knowing that we would not let him move back in with us until he had finished the program. Mm. Um, there was different steps we wanted to see, so we felt safe with him coming home. And so that actually was a test for me to not be codependent and try to um, change his mind or, or try to get him to feel guilty so that he would quit using drugs and come home. And mm. so even before I officially started recovery, the Lord um, showed me as he showed up fresh off the mountain, you know, uh, got a, a bus ticket home and 
he for two years took advantage of families that would take him in um, and he just continued his drug drug abuse with he was accountable to no one mm. so during that time was when the lord kept telling me to let go mm. every time i wanted to help my codependents you know wanted to help him the lord would say let go so meanwhile okay so i let go but then i also let busyness control me and keep me busy so that i didn't hear that negative mm. thoughts and worries about him so i was still coping unhealthy in a different direction but i was able to let go and not completely you know pretty much survived those two years it was very difficult mm -hmm. um and so the so the day came when he finally ran out of money a place to stay um it was raining and his cell phone was disconnected and he showed up at our doorstep and said basically i give up i can't do this anymore i need my family i need god and this life leads to nowhere. Mm. And so he, um, his grandparents took him in. Um, so he had another place to prove himself. And he entered an outpatient addiction program uh, the following day. Mm. So, so the test, the famous test. <laughs> so one, one day he came home with a written codependency test and asked me to take it. And I said, sure, I'll take this. So, you know, it sounded like me. I was like, yeah, do you like to help people? Sure, I like to help people. You know, I'm, and so anyways, he totaled my score. He said, mom, you have the highest score I've ever heard of. <laughs> well, it was probably the only score he had ever heard of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I was like horrified, like, what is this codependency? And I immediately called our ministry leader at my church at the Soul Recovery Ministry Leader said, have you heard of codependency? I think I have it. I, you know, what is this? And she was so sweet. She just said to me, Tiffany, it would be great if you came to a step study. Mm. I think it would really help your relationship with your son. And so I signed up and within a month I was in my first step study. Wow. Yeah. And, and it can be easy to kind of shame, you know, that so that what I love about celebrate recovery is our identities in Christ, not in our struggle. So it's easy. It'd be easy to kind of say, ah, oh, you're a codependent. It's like, no, I'm a believer who struggles with codependency. So as people are listening, I just want to speak to our listeners that might be thinking, oh, my gosh, some of the things that she's talking about, uh, I can relate to. And and does that make me a bad person? No, it just means that you're struggling with something that you don't have to struggle. You can learn how to struggle well uh, with. So so you you get that 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 test it's a revelation kind of like oh my gosh highest score i've ever heard even though it's the first score he's ever heard but um, <laughs> but but enough there to go okay there's something so you jump full full bore both feet into this process you get into a step study to face codependency even started introducing yourself as a codependent yes of course <laughs> even though i wasn't sure what it was yeah, it's like <laughs> Well, I don't know what it is, but everybody's telling me that's what I am. So uh, I struggle with codependency. <laughs> yes. So as you get in, what are you learning about that? Because I would imagine you're starting to hear from people that have been in the journey and you're hearing them share some things um, kind of like, oh, you struggle with that too? What were some of the things that you began to learn about yourself as it relates to codependency that would be good for our listeners to kind of put their finger on and go, oh, that's what codependency is. What did you learn about yourself on that? Okay, well, well, I will tell you this. Codependency, codependency is tricky because I thought I was just a good Christian woman who wanted to help people all the time. <laughs> every, 
you know, every time somebody shared a problem with me, whether it's a stranger, someone I know at the kid's school, I took it as a green light to give my unsolicited advice. Mm. And what I've learned, I learned through the step study, most people just want to be heard. Yeah. It's not my job to tell them what to do and, and how to fix their lives. And to be honest, I think I lost friends over the years because I would spot a problem, jump in, tell them what they should do. And people don't really want that. If mm-hmm. they ask, that's one thing. Um, but for me, um, I would lose myself in other people's problems, especially my family. If you're not okay, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point that I don't even know um, how I feel anymore. So that's yeah. something I had to learn, you know, get the emotion wheel out and see how am I feeling? Cause I was so tied up in how everybody else was doing. Yeah. And I love that you said that. And I think it's good for our listeners to hear that, that it is confusing because aren't we, and I think I mentioned this on that codependency podcast a little bit elaborated a little bit more on this, but to love others as ourselves, that we can confuse that with loving others at the expense of, of ourselves, we kind of lose our identity um, in that space, and and as I mentioned on that podcast, that that can be a dark place. We're trying to hide in this dark place. It's almost like escaping my own pain by focusing on your pain, um, and kind of getting in this process kind of turns the light on that darkness, doesn't it? Yes, yes, and I I, I think that's true. Like deflecting my pain. Um, because I was too busy helping you. I didn't feel the pain. Um, and so one thing that the Lord showed me through the step study that was very um, alarming to me is that I had accepted Jesus as my Savior, but not Lord of my life. Hmm. Uh, meaning I would ask, um, I would pray about things and would see him as my helper if I couldn't figure it out. But if God took too long to answer my prayer as a codependent, I would answer it myself. <laughs> and, you know, m- most of the time, Okay, maybe the answers seemed like they worked, but really, ultimately, no. They were not God's best, and it was just putting band-aids on situations, and um, that was pretty horrifying. So I did learn, like, no, there's a difference between having Him Lord of my life and Savior. Mm. I need to ask Him for everything. You know, what does He want me to do in every situation? You know, with um, even obligations, because busyness was a big problem. I said yes to everything, uh, because busyness drown out the negative self-talk, but also built up my low self-esteem. Yeah. And so, you know. Yeah, I want to hold on that thought for just a second, uh, Tiffany, on the Savior, uh, because that's an important one. I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll we'll pick up right there, um, because I think it's important that that we understand the kind of that Savior complex being one of those roots of – of codependency. So talking to Tiffany, talking about uh, putting her own skin on life change story on this uh, topic of codependency. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey friends, are you looking for a meeting? You can go to celebraterecovery.com and find a meeting. Just type in your zip code in the group locator and find a group near you and join us on this journey we call recovery. We also have an online meeting on Wednesdays at noon Pacific time that you can join and people from all over the world join us for an open share group find a meeting it's worth it we'd love for you to join us go to celebraterecovery.com for more information
welcome back. Talking with Tiffany and having a great conversation around codependency. And and Tiffany, right before the break, we were talking about that uh, asking God, He's our true Savior. And it just made me think about kind of that Savior complex that we can buy into with this rescuer mentality. It seems like it's kind of the root of codependency. I, I'm going to rescue. My job is to rescue those that are around me. Did it, was that true for you in your life as you think about your codependency playing out in other relationships? Yeah, ab- absolutely, especially in um, my family. You know, when, when issues would happen that were maybe even kind of scary, um, I really think it boiled down to I didn't truly trust that God was going to take care of the situation that I had to do it. And also I feel like um, if I trusted him, he may take a long time, (laughs) you know, to bring the answer. And I want a quick answer, Yeah, you know, but ultimately in my experience, the times that I truly let go, the answers come way quicker Hmm. than when I try to prolong it with control. Yeah. Well, and, and I'd love for you to speak to this. I mean, you talked about kind of the busyness being one of those coping strategies. Um, I know we talked about the negative self-talk. As you're thinking about you're in a step study, you're kind of dealing with your codependency toward your son. I'm guessing is Celebrate Recovery Step 4 will be really good at revealing. You started seeing some dots connected to your past that... It's like, oh, this is a f- familiar experience that I maybe not been able to put a name to. But what were some of those things as you as you think about your inventory, your moral inventory process that you began to connect some dots to uh, from some other past pain points in your story? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think the Lord revealed the negative self-talk pattern that happened as a little girl um, when I was alone, you know, in my room created some pretty deep wounds of low self-esteem. And so the way that I tried to make myself, you know, feel important was through the the busyness. I I would say that when I became a mom of three young children, um, I began to start to volunteer more, uh, do things, you know, at church and ministry. Mm. And I think I remember at one point thinking to myself, like, wow, I don't, I don't really hear that negative self-talk as much anymore because I think I was drowning it out. But what happened, um, you know, I think what got me to more get into control and codependency is that because I was trying to be perfect and do it all, um, I would lose my temper with the kids Mm. and I would get upset. And then that would turn into more negative self-talk and resentment towards myself. So then I would hear you're a terrible mom. So then I would, you know, try to compensate for that by doing more things or trying to be perfect. So when I did my inventory, um, I had to do inventory on myself, on Mm. Tiffany. And it was all of the the mistakes of my past and the resentment that I had towards myself. Mm. I had to take that, you know, to my sponsor and let God heal those wounds so that I could, you know, begin to to heal through the process and to let go of of control. Um, So I think, you know, motherhood was a big where it happened, the early days of motherhood and then you know, all the way through my oldest son, you know, going, mm. sending him to the boarding school. That was just kind of like the worst of it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were talking, I mean, it sounds like, and tell me if this is not accurate, it sounds like there was kind of a central thread of fear and anxiety that tended to kind of 
be central to that. It, you know, if if I can't control the world around me, and and that's kind of the root of control. Um, anxiety rises when we what we thought we were in control of is slipping through our fingers, <laughs> and, right? And thinking right. about you know the the relationships around you, trying to control that. It, was that was that true in your life? Trying to was fear and anxiety a part of that process for you? Um, I think definitely when my older son started down that path of rebellion, and it was mixed with my you know, a, a busyness problem. Um, I, I would have anxiety, but for some reason I thought that was energy for me to do more. Mm. It's so weird. Looking back, I never thought I dealt with anxiety, but I got the anxiety gave me adrenaline to mm. do more and to try to, you know, fix more the situation, you know, always looking for my, to feel peace at the end of the day that I had fixed the situation. I had accomplished a lot um, but yeah, probably, probably, yeah, at the root of it may have been fear, fear of losing control, mm. but I never really had control to begin with. That's, that's, that's the thing well, about sure. it. Yeah, sure. It, it, it's a myth, but, but it's feeling like it, and I think that's so good to, to kind of just, um, normalize and validate if you're struggling with that, the enemy will try to use that. And he, I mean, he tried to tempt Jesus with this, that he could, he could rule, you know, he could have all this stuff if you'll just worship me. And I think the enemy kind of gets his grip in this place is like, if you can just keep everyone around you fixed and happy and healthy, everything will be wonderful. And what a, what a big lie, because it just, it doesn't, like you said, I wasn't in control, but we buy into the narrative that we are, don't we? Right. And you know what? I ultimately, at the end of the day, I was looking for peace. Yeah. I just want to go to bed tonight knowing that I accomplished all I needed to accomplish. Everybody's good and I have peace. Mm. Um, but I think what would happen is I would go to bed with exhaustion mm. and sometimes think it was peace and it wasn't. Um, until I did the step study, I know what peace is. I know what freedom <laughs> is. I've been experiencing that for seven years and yeah. the, the, but it's a totally different feeling. Yeah, it's it's exhausting playing God, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it sure is. It sure is, right? Yes, it is. So tell me, Tiffany, walk me through. Um, you've been in a step study. You're you're building an accountability team. I'm guessing you got a sponsor. You know, someone that's further down the road. Uh, fancy word for mentor. How did how did you begin to start seeing that? that understanding of I'm in recovery and what was some of the fruit of recovery as you worked and faced the pain, maybe pain from your son at connecting dots, the pain from your past. What did, what were the fruit? What was the evidence of recovery in Tiffany's life? Um, I, well, I'll tell you what, one of the, the biggest fruits of that first step study is that I am closer than I've ever been with my older son. Um, he calls me his best friend, you know, he, he calls me often. Um, and so just seeing that I was able to drop those walls that I had, you know, through all the pain I went through with him, mm -hmm. that was huge. Um, and just having the freedom that I didn't have to fix every problem someone shared with me and, you know, being able to listen to friends, um, share and, and not, you know, jump in and tell them what they should do, improved absolutely friendships, mm. um, you know, with the other, my other, you know, two kids also at home, uh, relationship with them has, is so much better now that yeah. mom's, you know, chilled out, you know, <laughs> and they're, and you know, they're, they're adults now, but, um, 
Love but it. ultimately, so that was my first step study. I ended up doing two more after that. And nice. so, and, and I feel like, you know, what I went through that first step study prepared me for the next journey I went through hmm. that started two years later with my younger son. Yeah. So you have a, a really cool story. I mean, we're getting close on time, but I just want, I want to give you an opportunity to share this um, about your son and just talking about, tell them about me kind of a thing. But can you share that story? You feel comfortable sharing that? About the sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, so um, so my younger son um, started his own journey, you know, with, um, with smoking weed and alcohol about two years after I finished my first step study. So I feel like I was prepared more um, to deal with his journey, although it did take longer. It took four years until he finally um, came to the end and, you know, went into recovery. Um, so definitely, um, and being codependent, I'm bent towards that. I'm not saying I did it perfectly. I still wanted to try to fix. I did um, not follow through. Yeah, I didn't follow through with our agreements as well as I should have. Um, but ultimately, you know, the day came that um, he had to move out of our home. We asked him to move out. He's an adult. Um, because of his alcohol and drug abuse. And so 10 days later, um, we got the call in the middle of the night, you know, 3.30, that he had gotten a DUI. Mm. And thank God there was no accident and that he was pulled over immediately when he, you know, had um, made a turn um, down the road. And so I felt like, you know, God had protected him. He had honored my prayers for his safety. Um, but I'll tell you what, so the state that I live in is very strict on DUIs and there was going to be jail time. Mm. And so I'm happy to say that my son, um, the day after the DUI went into recovery, um, he's been six months sober from alcohol and weed. He's doing wonderful. He's doing all the things he's supposed to do, all the recovery. Um, I'm, I'm very confident that this was his rock bottom. Um, but during that journey, um, you know, with him in recovery, I got, um, someone asked if I would share my testimony at a celebrate recovery. And when I looked at the date, it was the date that he was to check into jail day. Wow. They like literally the court gives you a paper. This is the day you check in. And so I thought for a moment, I don't know if I should, if I should share my testimony because oh, I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. I might be upset, but I thought, no, I'm going to share it anyways. You know, this is, this is an opportunity. So the day came for him to check into jail and he was at my house and he said to me, um, as I was getting ready, mom, are you going to tell them about me? And I said, well, what, what do you mean? He goes, mom, I want you to tell them that tonight you're not being codependent. You're still sharing your testimony instead of being at home upset. And oh my gosh, it, that just hit me. Yes. Yes. He, and he, he saw it, he noticed it. And so I, I, you know, left the house and went to share the testimony. And I remember being emotional, sharing with the crowd at that at that church that night at the CR, Hey, in an hour, my son is going to jail. And, um, can you guys, you know, be praying for us? And it was, it was amazing because after I shared, God is so good. uh, A gentleman came up to me who was, um, a police officer in the city that my son got the DUI. And he said, let me, you know, introduce himself. He said, where is he going? And I showed him, you know, the intake place for the jail on my phone. And he said, okay, he's going to be okay. That place is not that bad. They're just going to process him all night. He's going to be okay. And it was just so reassuring. I left there so encouraged. And, you know, the the good part of the story is he was there less than 24 hours. He was processed and let out. And God is so good. Wow. 
Wow. Thank you for sharing that. What a cool story. I love that. I'm glad our listeners got to hear that. Well, we're wrapping up here. Thoughts that you would share with somebody that maybe they're coming to the realization they struggle with codependency. What word of encouragement would you give them, Tiffany? Um, Well, I would say get yourself into a Celebrate Recovery step study. You know, going to large group meeting is wonderful, but really to do the the hard work, you need to be in a step study. Um, There is hope. Hmm. You can change. um, And when you change, those around you will also change. It will better your relationships Hmm. and bring you freedom, which is ultimately what we all want. I love that. Tiffany, thank you so much for your heart and uh, only known you a short time, but I feel like I've known you forever and just appreciate your heart. And thank you for your courage to come on and share. I know you're blessing our listeners and just grateful for the Lord and what he's doing in and through you. And and he's not wasting the past hurt. And what a cool story you have. We're grateful for you. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. And, and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll cross paths again uh, very soon, but I hope you as the listeners have been um, blessed by Tiffany's story. What a great picture. Uh, we can we can acknowledge the hurt, and that's the first step, just admitting the struggle. The cool thing is codependency can become dependency on the loving Father so that we can healthy, healthily Uh, be healthy uh, interdependently with the other people to love people as Christ loved them, not in an unhealthy codependent way. I hope it's blessed your heart and grateful for Tiffany. If you got some questions about Celebrate Recovery, as always, go to CelebrateRecovery.com. We'd love for you to join us on this journey. Thanks for listening to us today. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless.